Hello and welcome to Innovations, a podcast series brought to you by the experts at Sanford Health. You're listening to our 14th episode, A Chip You Can Trust. I'm your host, Simon Floss with Sanford Health News. The practice of medicine goes far beyond clinic walls. The Innovations podcast looks at the biggest issues facing healthcare today. Each episode offers the opportunity to see the ever-changing world of health and wellness through new eyes. Our leaders offer out-of-the-box solutions to some nagging questions. Today, we're learning the ins and outs of how Sanford is using a patient's genetics to calculate their risk for health problems later on in life. Our experts joining us to help paint that picture are Dr. Cassie Hayek, who specializes in internal medicine and medical genetics, as well as in treating adult genetic conditions, and Dr. Tom Stish, who's the interventional cardiologist and medical director at Sanford Cardiovascular Institute. Well, with those titles, it's safe to say that both of you two stay pretty busy. Very true. Yes. So in case, uh, you know, people don't know who you are, let's have our audience get to know both of you a little bit. How long have both of you been at Sanford? What's your job or jobs look like on a day-to-day basis? Well, I've been at Sanford since 2012. Um, I started here as an internist, but took a, took a leave uh, a few years later and went for my medical genetics training. And since I've been back, I lead the Imagenetics program, a, and I have a, an adult genetics practice and internal medicine practice. Dr. Stish? Well, I've had the privilege of being with Sanford for almost 20 years. Sounds like a lot of years, but to me it seems like I just started yesterday. <laughs> they really fly by, don't they? <laughs> they do, and uh, you know, it's, it's like you mentioned, ever-changing world uh, I've, of medicine. I like to think ever-changing world of cardiology, interventional cardiology, and uh, it's been a very fascinating, dynamic time, and uh, I think that's why it went by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, we're going to be talking about here today is called the Sanford Chip. This is uh, an, an incredible topic that we're covering. Uh, for the people who don't know, what exactly is the Sanford Chip? Yes, yeah, so the Sanford Chip is Sanford's preemptive genetic screening program, and really what it it uh, allows our patients is to do a genetic screen which evaluates uh, genes that are involved in drug metabolism, so how our bodies uh, you know, deal with medications, certain medications. And then patients are also offered the opportunity to get some uh, disease predisposition risk. So we have some of the genetic predispositions to cancer on the, on the Sanford chip. Um, some of the genetic predispositions to various hereditary cardiomyopathies or enlarged heart. Um, and so then once a patient goes through this program, the information that is taken from the chip is put into the medical record and it provides our physicians with some decision support that helps them use that information when it's, when it's needed for the patient. Now, Dr. Stish, uh, last time that we talked about this topic, uh, we uncovered the truth that you've recommended this to nearly 600 patients in your time, probably even more if we're being serious. How is the CHIP such an innovative approach to medicine? I am fortunate enough to specialize and practice this whole spectrum of, of uh, cardiology, from you know preventive care through maintenance, management of established disease, to emergencies, interventional cardiologists, cardiology when patients come crushing and uh, you know with a heart attack, shock, etc. And you know it's always bothered me that the scope of the problem is so serious. It's number one killer as far as healthcare is concerned and disease. 
at the same time, it's so preventable and treatable. And it's just uh, sad when you see a 50-year-old father, uh, you know, with a heart attack, cardiac arrest in the emergency room and, you know, teenage kids crying and it's all of a sudden dropped on them from mm. nowhere. And at the same time, if you really think about it, this disease did not start that night or day. It started a while back. And so the question of how do we identify those patients at high risk of having a heart issue is extremely important. And so we have the conventional medical predictors, you know, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, lack of activity. Uh, we have the so-called calcium scoring that identifies plaque in those patients in their 40s, 50s, it's useful. But we don't have a tool that is uh, very much personalized and identified and then the individual from the beginning of their lifetime uh, and their risk for heart disease. And when I get a question of when is the right time of when to start worrying about heart disease, my answer is always as early as possible. Mm -hmm. And so having a genetic personalized information that would, will predispose that individual to life-threatening, the most common condition that kills at young age and being able, being able to intervene in the preventive way is extremely important. So personalized medicine, genetic testing, I hope is the near future of our cardiovascular medicine, identification of individuals, combination of that with preventive lifestyle modification, medical uh, intervention prevention, and hopefully we'll finally start making heart disease not the number one killer. A uh, quick follow-up question to that, you know, uh, when we were covering just a story about heart disease in general, a radiologic technologist, I remember she gave a very powerful quote. Uh, she said that heart disease doesn't happen overnight. You alluded to that in, uh, in your answer. Um, just, you know, off the top of your head, can you think of any other health systems that are doing anything like this? Or is this truly just how innovative Sanford is? We have been fortunate with uh, Dr. Hayek to collaborate and actually be part of, of national international efforts in research to further advance that field of, of uh, cardiogenetics, specifically pharmacogenetics. And maybe uh, I can let Dr. Hayek comment on that, but we have been uh, uh, privileged to co-author a, a very interesting, uh, groundbreaking uh, paper. Yeah, you know, we are fortunate at Sanford that I really think that this is an innovative program. It is different um, and more advanced than I think most of the preemptive genetic screening programs that are out there today. There certainly are other other programs that offer um, testing for disease predisposition or pharmacogenetic testing. Nobody else really puts it together like we do. And no one else, no other health system has really impl implemented it and integrated it into the medical record in the way that we have, which is so key to the implementation of genetics in medicine because it's, 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 it's not new to, to everyone, but it's not something that everyone's doing on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not, you know, not every physician is a geneticist. And so it's really important that if we're going to provide genetic information back to our physicians to care for our patients, we need to be able to help them with that information and the interpretation. And so that's the that's a really um, key piece of our program that sets us apart from from the rest. And as Dr. Sish alluded to. Um, we are now working with uh, other collaborators across the country um, and even across the world, actually, to advance our understanding of the contributors, the genomic contributors to disease, particularly um, as it relates to heart disease. 
So a couple of terms that uh, we've already been throwing around here today, I just want to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they are. Uh, disease predisposition and PGX testing, what are those? Right, so, and, it, and this is always a question that comes up with genetic uh, genetic terms. They're, they're a bit unfamiliar, and so we try to find ways to talk about them that's a little bit more uh, accessible. But disease predisposition means that... Um, this can this can come in a lot of different ways. Um, for example, we talk about a cancer predisposition condition. So that's something like Lynch syndrome or hereditary breast and ovarian cancer due to BRCA1 and 2. There are hereditary um, cardiomyopathies. So that's a disease predisposition to cardiomyopathy. And so these are things that um, come from a mutation in just a single gene. And we can test for those mutations. PGX is just the shorthand version of pharmacogenetics, which is a mouthful. Um, and again, it goes back to how does our, how do our uh, genes impact how our bodies deal with medications? Fascinating. Um, how does the Sanford chip, through disease predisposition and PGX, impact patient care? So, on the disease predisposition side, what we're finding as you know more and more people get genetic testing is that some of these quote, rare diseases are, are maybe not as rare as, as we initially uh, thought. And so there are still, you know, a number of individuals out there who, who have a diagnosis that it, they are not aware of because they haven't gone through a genetic testing uh, program. Now, this isn't relevant for everyone, but familial hypercholesterolemia, um, if we're in talking about the cardiology space, is a, is a really good example of a condition where historically we would use LDL cholesterol, your bad cholesterol, to maybe target somebody who could be at risk for having familial hypercholesterolemia. I'm going to say FH from now on, less of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but we're seeing, uh, there's been a lot of data that shows those patients may not have an L, uh, an, a really high LDL cholesterol like you would expect. It might be just kind of on the high end of normal or maybe just a touch higher than you would expect. And they actually have FH. But before, you wouldn't have maybe considered that. Now we know that we can do genetic testing. It's a lot more accessible. The, the cost has gone down significantly. And we can identify those patients so that we can get them the treatment that they need to reduce their very um, increased risk for heart disease. Dr. Stish, anything that you would want to add to that? I think that uh, pharmacogenetic testing has made a huge difference in patient management in our world, especially cath lab interventional cardiology. We are one of the few sites in the country that offer genetic testing to see if a patient given a blood thinner to protect them from a stent placing their heart clotting off and causing a disastrous consequence is going to work. So um, unfortunately, most places do not have a way of testing whether a patient is sensitive to Plavix is the name of the medication. Uh, it is used routinely in the cath lab after stent placement. Uh, stent pl uh, stenting of coronary arteries or fixing of a blockage in the heart is the most commonly performed surgery procedure in the world. So you, you can imagine there's lots of patients. Mm -hmm. uh, about a third of patients actually will not be sensitive like a normal person. So we're giving them a medication that we think is protecting them and letting the stent heal up but it's actually not working as well as we think. So we have implemented Plavix genotyping already, I would say five, six, seven years ago, mm -hmm. and it is a standard of Korean cath lab. That's very progressive. So, so that's just one of the many examples where pharmacological genetic testing has made a big impact in our patients' outcomes. 
Sure. Switching gears here, uh, polygenic risk scores. Uh, why and how do we develop these? Right. So another mouthful, I guess, yeah. polygenic <laughs> risk score. So, um, you know, we know that many common diseases are impacted by our genetics. You know that because people whose parent has heart disease are at increased risk than if their parent didn't have heart disease. And so small genetic changes um, that impact many different, many different genes can impact this, either increase or decrease that risk. Historically, we haven't really been able to quantify that, but because genetic testing has become so much more accessible, the cost is declining, and we're able to do a lot at one time, we can actually quantify those small genetic changes that contribute to an individual's risk. And then a polygenic risk score actually summarizes the impact of those changes to say a person's genomic risk for a, a, a common disease such as coronary artery disease is is this. And, and they can put them in a high genomic risk category or a low genomic risk category or somewhere in the middle. It, it actually allows you to put, you, put people in a risk category as to how they compare to others. Um, and so it really is another way to add to risk stratification for, for common diseases, which is really exciting because there's always a piece of piece of that puzzle that that we hadn't been able to look at before and we're now able to um, we're now able to do with the polygenic risk score I don't know if you want to add sure so, so you know as I mentioned earlier heart disease is a huge problem for us uh, and and uh, I look very much forward to some kind of a genetic risk scoring process that's going to be very reliable and in a reliable fashion identify patients at highest risk so that we can start intervening at their childhood age mm. and hopefully prevent bad heart disease in the future. Uh, we have already started looking into that uh, at, at Sanford um, and uh, we have uh, initial patients there enrolled and consented to uh, uh, validate uh, uh, the information that we have already acquired through our research and others. Uh, I hope that in the near future we will be able to provide a genetic risk score into, to just about any patient walks into the door. and with benefit not just to them individually, but actually the whole family and future, future generations. In both of your opinions and expertise, what does the average person need to know as far as where Sanford is at within the polygenic risk space? From cardiovascular perspective, um, as a preventive and interventional cardiology specialist is the way I like to view myself, <laughs> I really can't wait to have a, a final product of our efforts uh, where, yes, you will come up to our front desk and we will offer genetic risk scoring from a simple blood test to, to you and your whole family. At this point, uh, we're at the validation stage where uh, it's uh, still a research project, but I do hope that in the near future, it will be a standard of care. Yeah, I would say I would just second that. We're we're very close, and cardiovascular disease is is probably the foremost 
area where we see the, the greatest amount of evidence for the use of polygenic risk scores for, for patients to help identify those at, at greater risk. So it's really exciting that we have a team um, of cardiologists led by Dr. Stish, that we have the genetic testing capacity um, and the administrative support to, to put these kind of tools together. And I really see the polygenic risk score for heart disease as opening the door for looking at polygenic risk for other uh, health conditions, for example, breast cancer or osteoporosis. Um, there are just a number of areas where it will provide some really exciting clinical utility uh, for our patients. One last thing I want to touch upon is, you know, how do patients uh, undergo the Sanford chip? And correct me if I'm wrong here, it's free. So it's, um, so it's a blood test. And essentially, if, if, if a patient is interested, they can just ask their their provider, their primary care provider. They can also go online and uh, indicate that they're interested, and they'll get a message through their MyChart, so they need to be on MyChart. It's, um, uh, we, we sometimes have specials, but it's most typically offered at $49, which is is significantly less than you'll see other genetic uh, test options out there. So, and the information that you get back from that Sanford chip will be, lives in your medical record. So it gets mm. used over, over, over your lifetime. Over. Yeah. Yep. With Sanford. Yeah. Yeah. From my perspective as a practicing physician that offers those uh, in my clinic, I'm uh, most impressed uh, with how well our genetic uh, uh, colleagues uh, have developed the process where it hardly impacts any patient flow, so to say, uh, um, uh, in the clinic. And at the same time, um, I do not believe it's uh, it's even a significant burden for patients because usually we do genetic counseling and everything that's necessary as far as consenting to CHIP uh, while patients are waiting for other orders to be done. And so if anything, it's it's uh, it's an additionally entertaining process and interesting <laughs> one for our patients. So we appreciate that. Good. <laughs> well, Dr. Hayek and Dr. Stish, uh, thank you both so much for your time today. I know especially right now, everybody's busy. So really, thank you for, for sitting down and doing this. Thank you for thank having you. us. Before we wrap up today, a couple of housekeeping items. If you're looking to hear more on how the Sanford Chip has helped a patient firsthand, we're working on a testimonial story that you are not going to want to miss. You can look for that story and more stories at news.sanfordhealth.org. Also, a reminder that the Sanford Health Innovations podcast is now available on your favorite podcast apps like Apple and Spotify, as well as our website, Sanford Health News. If you enjoyed this conversation, follow us, give us a thumbs up, and share your comments. We do love hearing from you and hope you find these conversations insightful. Thanks for listening. I'm Simon Floss with Sanford Health News.